but the first thing that you see is he looks at her uh, and he has a father's heart. And as men, before a woman is our wife, she is the father's daughter. Yeah, amen. And so he looks at her and he's like, she's vulnerable, I need to protect her. You guys stay away from her. Well, and he sees the desires of her heart because he probably understands the brokenness that she came from. And that's a huge testimony when you can see what a woman came from and what she's pursuing and the desire of the kind of the want to, like we talked about um, before the how-to. And she wanted to be a godly woman. And, and that is a beautiful thing to witness. Hey, babe, guess what we get to do today? Podcast date, nothing more romantic <laughs> than podcast date day. Another episode of XO Marriage Podcast. So thank you guys for joining us for the Real Marriage Podcast. Maybe tell them what book of the Bible we're in. We're not doing just a verse by verse, but kind of pulling some big ideas and themes, looking at Ruth. Oh, I gave it away. Okay, <laughs> as a case study. We're going through Ruth, the re real and righteous gal in the Bible with a love story in Boaz. It's a pretty awesome story. It starts pretty brittle, but it gets pretty beautiful. Mm -hmm. And um, we're going to talk a little bit today about how character really was the theme in the life of the man and the woman. So I'm going to ask you to talk about character in the life of Ruth. I'll talk about character in the life of Boaz. And when the world talks about character, we're really talking about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. When the Spirit of God lives in somebody, their character resembles Christ. Mm -hmm. They look more and more like Jesus the longer that they are filled with the Spirit. And so for character, it's not like if you marry someone or meet someone that you're going to be marrying, that automatically you you get a an increase in character. Character is something that you're slowly cultivating before your marriage and you need to continue cultivating through your marriage. So on that theme of character, just what comes to mind with Ruth? What makes her this really remarkable woman? Yeah, oftentimes actually marriage brings out your bad character that you need to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> But with Ruth, we see um, tragic circumstances in her past, living in a godless nation. She's wanting to learn how to walk with God, moving back to Bethlehem with her mother-in-law, Naomi, um, who is bitter, but trying to pursue God and his plan finally. And she, her character is something she's really wanting to work on. She's wanting to understand how do I walk with Jesus? How do I have impeccable character? Not just so that she can have a future, but so that she can um, truly have a relationship with the Lord and understand God in her life and have him be her father. And so for her, she goes into this culture in Bethlehem that she doesn't know. She's not been there as far as we know. And it's pretty opposite of the culture she grew up in um, with cults and sexual sin running rampant and idols. And, and so now she's in a place where God's people are and they don't have a history of being obedient necessarily, but she's in this place and wanting to um, work on her character. And so instead of just trying to find a guy and trying to, you know, move forward with her life in her own way and her own desires and passions, she's um, seeking the counsel of her mother-in-law. Um, her husband died, her mother-in-law's husband died, her 
sister-in-law is gone and her brother-in-law are gone. And, and so she's trying to figure out what does a future look like and what does it look like um, with the Lord? And so she is, she could naturally choose what she came out of, the sexual sin. She could pursue guys, start fornicating and being sexually crazy um, because that's what she knows. That's what she came out of in her culture in Moab, but she doesn't. Instead, she follows the advice of her mother-in-law and she worships, basically. She goes out and tries to find a field to work in so that she can start having a future, at least with food, for her and her mother-in-law. She pursues working hard and worshiping God in doing that. And, and in that, her character is built and ends up showing her character to Boaz, a godly man, and attracting a godly man because she's working on her character. So, I mean, this, the punch list for Ruth is pretty brutal. I come from an incestuous family. I grew up in a cult, probably sexually molested, abused as a child and a young woman. I marry a guy who was a total loser. Uh, we have no kids. He dies. I'm flat broke. And now I'm moving to a new country. And literally, I'm homeless. I am at the equivalent of the Hebrew food bank. Mm-hmm. And what they had in the provision of the law was you would leave the edges of the field unharvested so that the poor could come and glean. Mm-hmm. But you had to work for it. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't just send you know food stamps to your house so you go to the grocery store. You had to get up. You had to go find a field. You had to negotiate. And then you had to work all day and then take a little bit of food home. And there was a lot of mistreatment of those Oh, dudes working blue collar jobs. And then a gal shows up who has no husband, no father, is a Moabite, is not a citizen, has no legal rights. And everybody knows that she comes from a sexual cult. Mm -hmm. I mean, the pressure on that woman to be used and abused Mm -hmm. or just to move in with some guy or say, I'm homeless and I need food and, you know, I'll take care of you. You take care of me. I mean, this is a really horrific, tragic story. I mean, this would be today the equivalent of, You know, some gal's living in a major urban city and she's away from home and, you know, her dad died and, you know, she's left alone and she's, nobody knows her. So she has no reputation to uphold and she's desperate and she's broke and she's at the food bank and, and she's deciding who she's going to be. I mean, she's in, she's in a catastrophic position of incredibly high risk. She is so vulnerable. It's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. What do you think some of the greatest temptations for women in crisis to try and fix their problem tends to be? Well, unfortunately, they're desperate to do whatever they can to survive um, and can get caught up in sexual sin or, um, you know, doing jobs or favors that allow them to have a place to live or food to eat. Um, I think we have a whole epidemic of um, the sexual slave trade basically here um, in the U.S. And it's it's where women go so that they can survive, but yet it's not a place to survive. It's a place to be harmed. I mean, today, prostitution, pornography, mm-hmm. sex trade, I mean, she is candidate number one yeah. for that kind of situation. And she's a brand new believer. And everything she's seen is unbelievers and self-destructive, sinful, sexual lifestyles. I mean, so she's completely new to this. How do you think, I mean, because Ruth has far less knowledge than most people hearing our podcast, and she has far less examples than most people hearing our podcast, but she has far more character than most people hearing our podcast. So how did, how did that happen in her life? How does that happen in a woman's life? 
Well, really, God is the only one that can, as a father, um, take her and give her identity. I mean, God gave us our identity when he created us. We were created in his image. And somehow she had that in her. She knew that in her soul somehow enough to be able to both do what she needed to do to provide, but also not get taken advantage of. And she saw, she had the opportunity to see God firsthand protect her in this. Um, He put her in a place of a distant relative, Boaz, and it was his field. And she found favor because of her character, because of her loyalty to her mother-in-law, because she left her land, her home, and came to a foreign place um, because she was not, like you talked about, being promiscuous. Her character was high and she, Boaz saw this. He heard the rumors of her good character. And so she she got to experience God, God protecting her and placing her at this field. There were probably lots of fields she could have gone to and it was harvesting season. And so for God to, to direct her here, um, as women who are in a place this desperate, God is the only one that can pull us out of our desperate place and bring us to a place of safety and healing and hope of a future. And she was put in this field and it gave her all of those things. And and Boaz specifically saw this in her character and told his workers to leave her alone, but to also give extra food to pull Um, some of the sheaves out so that she could glean those things. He gave her extra barley Um, at the end. He made sure she got to um, be cared for with the other gals in his field and spend time with them to befriend other women. I mean, he... You can see God all over this story. And he protected her from that further assault that she knew from growing up and from and and gave her an opportunity to experience both God's love and human love through Boaz. Well, and so I want to get into Boaz and character for men. But the first thing that you see is he looks at her uh, and he has a father's heart. Mm, Yeah. And as men, before a woman is our wife, she is the father's daughter. Yeah, amen. And so he looks at her and he's like, she's vulnerable. I need to protect her. You guys stay away from her. Mm-hmm. Um, she's lonely. Ladies, you you love the Lord. You have character. I'm going to ask you to pursue her and have friendship with her and be, be her friends. And oh, by the way, I'm going to be very generous toward her mm-hmm. to make sure that not only does she have what she needs, she has more than what she needs. And then she can be generous toward her bitter mother-in-law. Yeah. I think one of the reasons why he doesn't immediately pursue her and they don't jump into a relationship, I think when he sees her, he's looking more like a father. Now, I'm not saying that there's this major age disparity and it's an inappropriate relationship, but he looks at her more like a big brother. Mm-hmm. Or more like a father and saying, she's in a dangerous place. I'm going to protect her and I'm not going to use that to my advantage. Well, and he sees the desires of her heart because he probably understands the brokenness that she came from. And that's a huge testimony when you can see what a woman came from and who she's pers- what she's pursuing and the desire of the kind of the want to, like we talked about um, before the how to. And she wanted to be a godly woman. And, and that is... 
a beautiful thing to witness. And, and we, we kind of can insinuate that he saw that. He also heard rumors of her good character, but he probably saw that in her. She wasn't, um, you know, flirtatious or running around or trying to do things that were showing poor character. Um, and yet she could have tended toward that very easily. And so... Because the difference between character and, you know, sort of fakery, sometimes we'll really put on our best face when we're mm. in front of people who can benefit us. And then when they're not around, our true selves come out. Yeah. She is consistent in her character when Boaz is not around. And then her reputation goes before her. Two things on her character, and then I want to jump into Boaz's as a case study for men. What do you think about humility in the life of Ruth? Mm. Well, her circumstances humbled her, but she continued to choose humility and trust God to build her up and raise her up in his purpose and his plan. Um, and humility is always a good plan. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the job that she takes is literally the lowest possible job in the society. Yeah. It is gleaning in the field. This is literally, um, I am scrubbing toilets at the food bank in exchange for groceries. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the equivalent. How about her work ethic? She works hard. I mean, he saw that about her and that's talked about um, how she works very hard and um, which is why he rewards her as well. Um, but yeah, she's not slacking. She's willing to do what it takes um, and, and not just take advantage of the situation um, because he's a relative. She's willing to get in there, work hard out in the sun every day. This is hard work. During harvest season, you know, the fields were acres and acres, I'm sure. And, and to go up and down the the aisles to collect the food. I'm sure, you know, at some point it was backbreaking work, um, but she was willing to do it. She wasn't slacking. So she's a woman of tremendous character, mm -hmm. horrible family, tragic background, not a virgin, probably abused, not even a citizen. I mean, everything is against this woman. There's only one positive thing that would be on her resume, and that is She's got character. Mm -hmm. She's new to the Lord, but she's all in. Over on the other side, Boaz is completely different. He grew up with God's people. He grew up going to church. He grew up learning the Bible. Probably, as far as we could tell, came from an intact, godly family, was surrounded with good examples. Um, he's rich, not poor. He's got a successful business. He's got a ton of employees. I mean, they couldn't be more different. Yeah. You got Moabite, Israelite, you got rich, poor, you got citizen, foreigner. Uh, you've got, as far as we could tell, he's a virgin. She's been married. Um, you know, she's been married 10 years, never had kids. And so it's like, how many guys are looking for this list? Because what happens when we're single, we make a list of what we're looking for in a spouse. <laughs> and what's really curious, we rarely make a list of what we want to be for our spouse. It just shows how selfish we are. But there were, there were no Hebrew guys saying, I want a Moabite who's not a virgin, that's broke, homeless, broken, molested, been through tragedy, and comes with a bitter mother-in-law. Yeah. There are zero, zero guys that that was their greatest hits list, yet she is amazing. First-round draft pick, one of the godliest gals, greatest mothers and wives in the whole Bible, in the whole history of the world, only one thing she had, godly character. Yeah, and Boaz saw her with that covenant love of Hesed it talks about in that section. That's how God sees us, because he loves us with that covenant love. No matter what we've been through, no matter what we've done, um, God loves us 
like nobody else. And so Boaz in his character showed that. He saw Ruth with that covenant love. If we see people that way, if we see our spouse that way, we're not going to look at all that's wrong with them. We're going to look at them through God's eyes and, and build them up to what God has them to be and not tear them down because of what they've been through or done. Well, and within that, we live in such an image-based dating and marriage context. Everything is, what does your photo look like? Mm-hmm. And photos can't convey character. Mm-mm. You need to get to know somebody and see them under a variety of circumstances to see character. That's why, yes. you know, I mean, I'm not, we're not against, if, if you're single, we're not against online dating and using technology and God and his providence can use all of that. But at the end of the day, if you're just looking for a good time and not a good legacy, you're going to make the wrong choice. Yeah. And to have a good legacy, you got to pick somebody with good character. And you need to be, by God's grace, somebody with good character. So for men, I would just say, when you read the story and the book of Ruth, men, just make note, chapter after chapter, what is the character of the men? Elimelech, just a loser of a guy. His sons, they registered zero on the Richter scale of good and impact. (laughs) Everything is a train wreck, a dumpster fire, a prison riot, a worst case scenario until Boaz shows up. Generations of madness and mayhem, of carnage and cruelty until Boaz shows up. And then it's like literally everything changes. He's like a little picture of Jesus. Once he shows up, the kingdom of God shows up and everything starts to change. He's hardworking. He loves God. He treats women with respect and dignity. Mm. And he's a very powerful, rich man. I mean, he could abuse that situation. He could manipulate that relationship with Ruth. I mean, he could take total advantage of her. He could turn all of the women that are in need, gleaning in his fields, into a harem. I mean, he could play the bachelor. Yeah. And he doesn't. Um, He's also a man who everyone in the book speaks well of him. Character is not just what you say about yourself. It's what everybody else says about you, the people that truly know you. In addition, he is a man who is very good at business. He knows how to run a company. He knows how to make money. Unlike Elimelech and Malon and Kilion, the two sons, Boaz knows how to make a plan. Somehow through a pandemic, a decade-long economic crisis and a famine on the backside, his business is rolling and he is flourishing because not only is he filled with the Spirit of God, he he has a plan and he's working his plan. He's also very hardworking. And what I really, really love about him is that uh, he's generous. Yeah. And let's just tell you what, men. Widows and orphans. Yeah. The true religion, James says, is to care for widows, orphans, and those in need. Mm-hmm. And it, I'll just tell you, men, being generous to yourself ain't generosity. That's selfish. That's selfishness. <laughs> Not only your wife and your kids, but God and others and those in need. And he is giving to God others in need long before he meets Ruth. This is just his character. And I believe it's one of the reasons that God has blessed him. The Bible says that he who is faithful with little can be trusted with much. And the context is finances. It's like God's an investment broker and he's looking for good accounts to make deposits in so he can get a return on investment. If you're a guy who just blows your money, doesn't have a plan, isn't generous toward others, don't expect God to make a lot of deposits in your account. If you are a good steward and you are generous and you are particularly have an open heart toward women and children, then God is more likely because he is a father to give to you as his son so that you can give to his daughters and grandchildren. 
This is the father heart of God. Somehow Boaz knows this and gets this. So like you say, he makes her job easier. He gives her a bonus. He gives her abundance so that she can go back and bless Naomi. He gives her her dignity back, not by just giving to her, but giving to her so that she can also be a blessing and generous. Mm -hmm. He's a giver. He, you know, God loves a cheerful giver. It's more blessed to give than receive. If you can meet a man or men, if we can, by God's grace, be men who are generous givers, that means we also can be generous forgivers. If you can't give, you can't forgive. All of this is sort of the groundwork in their character for what will be this amazing epic marriage and love story. And I just love his generosity. And at the end, he's going to be, again, very, 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 very generous to her and to Ruth. And I love the fact that he also is very patient. In chapter two, they uh, kind of have their first date, but they don't talk again for six to seven weeks. That takes patience and character. I mean, how many of us, we'd be like, I got ghosted. We went out, you know, we went out, we had a great date, and then they ghosted me. They didn't talk to me. Six to seven weeks, it's because they were not only pursuing the Lord's will, they were pursuing the Lord's timing. And in our relationships, oftentimes, dating and marriage, many of the mistakes we make, we don't have God's will, or we do have God's will, but we don't wait for God's time. Mm, Yeah. And so we rush things, and we get ahead, and we make a mess. They not only have character, they know God's will, and they walk in God's timing. As we're setting up the great grand love story of Ruth and Boaz, and we're going to get into the turn in the story and how God works really this brutal story into a beautiful story. It literally goes from uh, a funeral to a wedding and from a death to a birth. Mm. I mean, it is a resurrection story. And if we know anything about Christianity, it's that, you know, Easter Sunday always comes after Good Friday, mm, yeah. you know, and, and God has that for your life and God has that for your marriage. Yeah. But what would you give to the women in closing from Ruth? She's not trying to manipulate the outcome of future events. She's just trying to have character in the moment. She's not de- denying her hard circumstances um, and she's allowing the humility that God has her in to um She's choosing to work hard. She's saying, okay, Lord, what field do you have me in? Ladies, what field does God have you in that he's asking you to work hard right now and to work on your character? He's building your character. Maybe your circumstances are still really hard, but we can choose in any circumstance to trust the Lord and to trust him to walk us through it and out of it into new life. Um, and so what field are you in? What, what are you needing to choose to work hard in? And what character traits is God asking and trying to redeem in you so that you can have high character and you attract people around you that have high character? And you can speak into your marriage with your high character instead of out of your emotions or your circumstances or the pain in your circumstances. She's a very strong woman and she is working hard and she is not letting her circumstances rule her decisions. She is diligent to work her way through it. And for the men, uh, as I was just silently praying for you, here's what I believe the Holy Spirit brought to mind. As you read the book, you're going to see two kinds of men, burden givers and burden lifters. Elimelech is a burden giver. Malon is a burden giver. Kilion is a burden giver. Mr. No Name at the end of the book, uh, he's part of the Kinsman Redeemer story we'll get to later. He's a burden giver. The guy in the book who's a burden lifter is Boaz. He lifts burdens for his employees. He lifts burdens for Ruth. He lifts burdens for Naomi. He's a burden lifter. 
And men, God made us, God made you to be a burden lifter, not a burden giver. Amen. And so my exhortation to the men would be, look at your wife. Are you a burden lifter or a burden giver? Look at your children. Are you a burden lifter or a burden giver? Look at extended family, maybe even your mother-in-law. Burden lifter or burden giver? Employees, co-workers, burden lifter, burden giver. Those who are poor, those who are struggling, those who need generosity and some grace, burden lifter, burden giver. Life goes terrible for all the men in the story who are burden givers. It goes amazing for the one man who is a burden lifter. We love you. We'll see you in the next episode. In the meantime, be reading the great Old Testament Cinderella love story of Ruth. And we've got a free study guide and devotional to help you with that and some questions to take on your date night.